All things new is what we're looking at for a new year, all right? And I, I don't know about you, but there's something about this time of year where you go, the old's not working, my thing's not working, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, when is it going to be fixed, when are things going to get better? And I wonder if this year there's something about 2024, I don't, I don't know if it's in the air, I don't know if it's in, just inside of me, but 2024 feels, feels different. And there's, there's new things happening all around. And I wonder if it's not just for us to sit back and observe new things happening in others, but I wonder if God is calling His church to say, I'm doing a new thing. I'm making all things new in you. That this is the year that, that you can change. That you can be different. That whatever's been happening, that circumstances may not change. In fact, they may get worse. But, but when God makes all things new, it doesn't matter what's going on around us if something new's happening inside of us. And do you believe that God's in the business of doing new? He's kind of fired up about new. He loves new things. Throughout the Psalms, we hear this, sing a new song, sing a new song, but we like the old ones. Sing a new song. There's new things to sing about because he's moving in a new way. And when we get to a new year, there's something about all things new is not just in theory or that God might offer it to some, but may you hear God's voice this year where he says, I'm making all things new for you. I'm making all things new in you. Even if everybody else is going that way to the old, come with me to the new. Come with me this way. All things. Throughout the New Testament, we're going to be in one specific passage, but throughout the New Testament, we hear this consistent pattern of I'm doing a new thing from Isaiah being repeated again and again of God is making these things new and the old is passing away. All things are becoming new. So if you would join me, and we're just going to do a deep dive for a few minutes. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Stick with me for a few moments on this very first Sunday of 2024 to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's on page 966 in my Bible. Somebody say, who cares? Doesn't matter. Don't give a rip about what's going on up here in my Bible. Be really concerned about what's happening right in front of you right here in 2 Corinthians 5. And we're going to be looking at just a few verses today. And we are going to spend the next couple of weeks just lingering in this powerful chapter talking about something new. When God says all, He means all. He doesn't mean, I'm really concerned about that one area of your life that you like need to stop doing that and you need to start doing this. He's not as concerned about just one particular addiction or one particular struggle or one particular bad habit He's really concerned about doing something with all of it. Do you believe that? Like God's pretty fired up about everything. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. He doesn't want a little bit of your heart. He wants all of your heart. He doesn't want you to just turn away from a few old things. He wants you to turn away from all of it if he's going to make all things new. And so as we kick off a new year and we think about New Year's resolutions and we think about new, there might be some new stuff on your mind. Like, I need the new thing, and man, my vehicle, I need a new vehicle, the old one's not working, I just, I, I, I need a new device, I need a new phone, I need a new house, I need a new job. We're in a season of, I need new, I need new, and I, I just jotted this down, what's the next new for you? 
Because we're always somewhere in our minds with, if I just had that new thing, if I just could upgrade and update, if I could just get rid of that and get something new, what's the next new for you? Because if you're shopping horizontally for your next new, guess what? Do you know how fast that new becomes old? Have you felt it? Have you felt it? I was just thinking about the, like, what was my first iPhone? And I just remember way back in the day, like, the iPhone 5. It was the first cell phone I ever had, and somebody got me a five, and I'm like, it cannot possibly get any more amazing than this. And then the six, well, I got to have the new, and well, my seven is old, I need the eight, and well, that's old, I need to upgrade to the 10, and I need the 11. Did you hear that? Now the 15, I got to have the new, I got to have it. And man, they came out with a new model and upgrade for my vehicle, and mine was pretty awesome. 10, 15 years ago, but now like, I need the new thing. And mine's already two years old and I need a new one. And these clothes, I mean, this was so last year. I need the new, the new, the new. And guess what? The moment you get it, you're like, eh, eh. Because it doesn't scratch the itch. It doesn't fill the void. There's something about God's promises when, when he says he's going to do something. He doesn't do it partially. It doesn't last for a little while. What if this would be a year where you tapped into I want the new that never gets old. If there's an offer of something new that never gets old, I wonder if you would grab hold of it and never let go. What if this year could be the year that you would ask yourself, am I truly seeking the new that never gets old? And what if you found it? And what if you embraced it? And what if that thing promise to get better and better, newer and newer until the very end when you are made brand new and it's brought to completion. God's doing something in part here that He's going to bring all the way to be brand spanking new in glory. But we have a struggle here on earth. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. Are you ready? It's all new, but yet we're still groaning. Everything is new. The new is being offered, but yet there's something inside of us that still groans because I don't have all of it yet, even though I'm tasting a little bit of it. We want all of it. And what do we do in the meantime when we have a promise? Do you believe that God makes promises? That He's going to make all things new finally and completely and yet we're living in a fallen world and we're wicked sinners and we're surrounded by wicked sinners. And we're just asking, if everything's supposed to be different and changed and new, when is the brand new going to come? Because I have longings and I have groanings inside of me that are not being fulfilled and satisfied. So if God's offering it, why am I not experiencing it fully? What do I do with the already it's mine, not yet is it fully experienced? Already, but not yet. Already, but not yet guaranteed, but yet not fully delivered. What do I do in this crazy middle, in this struggle? Second Corinthians chapter 5, we have the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And as he is speaking to this church in Corinth, he knows how prone they are to want to chase after what the world offers. The church in Corinth was a worldly, worldly church. There wasn't a lot of difference between how everybody was living out there and what was happening, church on Sunday. 
Everybody kind of was doing their own thing, living their own way. They were doing their own thing sexually, whatever they wanted. They were doing their own thing in relationships. They were doing their own thing with their money. They were living for themselves. They were living for image and status. They were living for comfort and ease. And here we have, fast forward to the second letter, 2 Corinthians 5, and he says something so important. He contrasts what you're living for. It's so temporary. If you're going to live for new that never gets old, let's start here. 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that if the tent... Why is he talking about tents? What's the tent? Are we going camping? Keep reading. Keep reading. Somebody say, keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. For we know that if the tent... That is, Paul, you're going to tell us if we just kept going. That is our earthly home is destroyed. We have a building from God. Earthly home, it's going to be destroyed. But we have a promise. What is it? We have a building from God. A house. Not made with hands. What kind of house is it? It's eternal in the heavens. So God's saying, everything's going to become new. There is a promise. There is something that is going to last and it's going to continue on. But right now, all you are seeing and all you are feeling, all you are experiencing is the groaning of, I'm in a stinking tent. I want my best life now. Why does he have that? Why does she have that? And I'm camping. Why are they living in luxury? I got a tent. And he, shh. Even the best that you have now, it's just a tent. You're camping on earth until you get home. I, I, I hope any of us, regardless of your age, and I know that there's different seasons where we feel this a little bit more, but I pray that regardless, generation after generation, that we would be able to be united around this, that our heartbeat would be, I want to live for what lasts forever. I want to live for what is not going to fade away. I want to live for a new that never gets old, that never disappoints. I want to live for something more. And God says, I'm going to give you something brand new. But the reason that you are going to long for what's most valuable is because everything that is temporary around you is going to remind you of this. This does not satisfy. This always disappoints, doesn't it? Yes! You wanted that so bad, didn't you? And then when you got it, meh. And God's like, that was a gift. That was a gift. Your heart that is so dissatisfied is a gift because what is coming is what you are called to live for and it's what's guaranteed. And if you were prone to be satisfied and fulfilled here and now, guess what? You ignore heaven. You ignore eternity. You live for the here and now. And he's like, I love you too much. I want to remind you, you're just camping, bro. Sis, sis, not even glamping. We're just camping. Good old-fashioned. And guess what? You stink like campfire. You're wandering around. You keep pitching the tent, hoping that this spot's a little bit better. But guess what? Never satisfies. All new is what he's offering, but we're still groaning. When? When is it going to come? When is it going to be mine? And we're reminded... The tent. Do we do we got some images? I, I think we just we just need that vividly in our minds. So if 
if this is my human existence and this is as good as it's going to get, okay, like what is this? I know that there is little comfort that can be kept while camping. But someday when Jesus is like, here's a promise, not a maybe. It's not a maybe. Turn to your neighbor and say, not maybe. Tell them, not maybe, not maybe. There is no maybe. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you could say, I know so. It's guaranteed. God fulfills his promises. I'm not living for a better tent. I'm not living to improve my tent lifestyle. I'm not looking to make sure that I am comfortable in a place where I was told, this ain't it. You weren't made for this. You were made for forever. You were made for heaven. You were made to be with God. You weren't made to continue seeking and being satisfied with what does not satisfy here on earth. Do we, do we have an image of something better? Is there something better just to kind of whet, whet our appetite? Jesus is like, camping will soon be over. The mansion is coming soon. Your house is already prepared and it's here. And you're going, well, yeah, but what if I upgraded to a larger tent? And he's like, no, no, no. Keep your eyes on this. You're, you're living for what's coming down the road. You're just around the corner. Yeah, but if I could just live a little bit. Live now with the awareness that the longings and the groanings will all be satisfied, but not yet. Not yet. In verse 2, as we think about the transition here, it's not just my current tent is temporary. If you're taking notes, my current tent is temporary. This is so temporary, so very short-sighted that we get. And how does he help us? Let's continue on. Somebody say, keep going. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Verse 2, for in this tent we groan. We're groaning. Ugh. It's going to be destroyed. Everything I'm living for, I can't take it with me. We're groaning. We're longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Well, now Paul transitions from you have a temporary home to an eternal home. Do you see what he did here in verse 2? He just transitioned to, he's saying, you are this dwelling. Longing to put on a heavenly dwelling. I want my body, I want myself to be in this place where there's no more tears and there's no more pain and there's no more suffering. There's no more disappointment. There's no more regret. In verse 3, if indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. He's like, if you're a Christian and you were able to clothe yourself in heavenly clothing, there is a reality that right now, there is a shame and nakedness that you feel wandering through this life. Has anybody felt that? I just feel bare and exposed. I feel weak. I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate. I can't do this. Anybody feeling that? Like every time there's a challenge, I'm going, I don't know how to do this. I want to feel competent. I want to feel strong. I want to be covered. I want to be secure. I need to be safe. I need to have certainty. And he's saying, the rest of your life, you are going to feel to various degrees, you are naked. You're exposed. And God is the cover. And God is the one offering that. But could I ask, in 2024, is it going to be any different than it was last year? For you, it was 2023 looking for a covering and looking for a home and looking for a security and a safety and looking to make sure that you get a little bit of heaven here on earth 
because you spent maybe last year forgetting who you belong to and where you're headed. And when you forget, you're shopping and scanning and hoping for a little bit of relief when God alone is offering it. Have you come to that place where God Himself has covered you, where He is your source of what is most valuable and what you long for, that you're not looking for an imitation to satisfy? I love this. I love this. If indeed, if indeed, you are in a place where you're no longer naked in sin, but you have found something different. Verse 4, for while you're still in this tent, even though Jesus is my King, He's the boss of my life, He's my Savior, if that's true of you, there's still a reality of, yes, but I'm still in this flesh and I'm still living this life. While we're still in this tent, we groan. While we're still here on earth, we groan. He doesn't just say it once, He says it twice. You know why? He's like, are you feeling it? Are you getting the emphasis? Your normal life here on earth should be marked by consistent longings that are unmet and groanings that nag you constantly. And I wonder if 2023 was a year of, how could I just like cross off a couple of those groanings just to kind of get it away? I need, I need to put a Band-Aid on this to kind of cover this. I, want it, I just want to feel a little bit better. But what if instead God's like, I, I intentionally have those groanings in you to remind you every moment, you're not home. You're not home. You're not living for what they say is valuable here. You're not living to cover yourself. You're covered. You're not living to build here. It's already built there. And what if 2024 you would just say, you know what? I haven't been, but this year, I need to start loving what God loves. I need to start valuing what God values. I need to start living for what lasts forever and get specific about those areas of it's not enough just to say no. they got to get off the list because I know they won't satisfy. Do you know a lot of people that are pretty disciplined? Do you know anybody like that? They're like super strict with themselves, super disciplined, and yet they don't know Jesus. There's, they say no to themselves a lot. Nope. I don't put that in my body. And they're not thinking because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. They're just thinking, I, I'm disciplined and I work hard at making sure that I don't give in and I have self-control. And the reality is, is that any benefit? That, that ain't helpful. That ain't helpful in the least. If you don't know Jesus and you're denying yourself and you're putting off, what are you waiting for? There ain't nothing coming that's good that's going to compensate and make up for that. But for us, if you're a follower of Jesus, there is every reason to say, I am going to say no to that because I'm saying yes to Him. God, I don't want to just say no to the old, no to the old, no to the old. Anybody already break their New Year's resolution? You're like, I am so committed this time, right? I know it's going to take hard work, and I, but, I, but I believe I can do it. And I know I'm going to sign up for the thing and I'm going to meet with that person and, and we're going to work together and I'm going to make sure that I have accountability. And by the end of the first week, you're like, Ah, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. Even our best efforts, unless what? Unless the good is coming in, you can say no to the bad all day long, and the good is God. Your best good is God Himself. It's not your circumstances changing. It's not anything getting improvement around you. God offers you Himself 
And that's really good news. Do you believe that the heart of the gospel is it's God? The good news is that God is meeting you where you're at and He's offering all that He has to you and for you. Even if He gave you everything else, but He held back Himself, would He be good? If He gave you everything in this world, but He refused relationship with you, would He be good? He's only good if He gives the best gift. And what's the best gift? Himself. He says, everything that I am is yours. I'm offering me to you. What if 2024 could be a year where you say, the groanings need to lead me to a place. God, I need you more. I want you more. More of you, God. Nothing else is going to satisfy. I need you. I need good news this year. He continues on to say this, for while you were still in this tent, and the struggle is real, the groaning, you're being burdened, you're crushed. Are you feeling that? Maybe you walked in this morning, you're feeling that. What does he say? Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed. He's not saying as if you need to be uncovered and recovered. If you are covered in the blood of Jesus, it's once and for all. But he's saying that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. That wasn't the end. There is no, I got saved, I got unsaved, I was a Christian, I'm not a Christian anymore. He's saying once you start, there's more. There's more. Somebody say there's more. And I, and I wonder if last year was a year that clarified that you don't believe that there's more. That you're comfortable with, well, I'm going to heaven, aren't I? I prayed the prayer, walked the aisle, I got dunked, I got baptized, I did the thing, I come to church. And God's like, this is just the beginning of living the life where God's going to do more. He's not making one thing new your final destination for heaven. That's not the one thing He does. That's just the beginning of Him making all things new. What do you need new in your life this year? That you're saying, I know I'm a Christian. I know that I'm taking initial steps, but at some point, I got all too easily satisfied. I don't know about you, but sometimes we have in us a good start, bad finish lifestyle. I was passionate. I was zealous. I started out of the gate. Bam! And I ran. And then I got distracted. And God's like, get back in. There is more to come. I didn't want to just start with you. We're going to do this all the way to the finish line. And Paul tells us, no, there is further. There is more so that that which is mortal, that which is temporary, that which is dead and old, maybe swallowed up by life. I hope, I hope you like that. Verse four, I just, I, I think that, or verse three and four, those two don't get lost in the details and the confusion. We're talking about God clothing and the old going and something about anything that is of old in us. And what is it? What is it for you? Do you have it in your mind? I'm still struggling with. It's still there. I still have marks of the old. What is it for you? I know I shouldn't, but I do. I know I should, but I don't. I know I should stop. I know I should quit. I know I need to start. And what if, what if life would swallow up that old death and decay in you this year? That you wouldn't just think about it? That you wouldn't just have good intentions? 
But when God opens doors of opportunity that you walk through it and say, yes, I want the new. I want what's coming to me through Christ. I don't want just a little bit. I don't want to just get started. I want it all, all the way to the end. Jesus didn't just die to get you started. He laid down His life and He rose again so that resurrection power would be your daily experience as you walk with Him. All things new. All things new. I spent some time meditating on the mansion. Can we, can we get the mansion put back up? Just I, I, get, I get pretty fired up about not maybe earthly mansions. Some of you are like, stop drooling. Stop drooling, okay? Stop dreaming. Uh, because you're, if you're a Christian, your home's going to be better. It's going to be better. So much better than this. But John 14, where do, we, where do we get this from? In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. What, what is Jesus going to do? He's going to come again. Might He come? Is it a maybe? Is it a, I, I will come again. I will prepare. I have gone. I will come back. I will take you to Myself that where I am, you may be also. Why did He tell us this? Why did He say, you live in this really cheap, rickety tent. Everything around you in this earthly life is falling apart. Why did He tell us there's something about our bodies that we are just rickety old tents waiting for revival and glorification? Why did He tell us that He goes and prepares a place? What is the purpose? Just a... Jesus wanted to get us fired up. Man, just dream about mansions, baby. Just dream about this. Why did he have to paint these pictures of clarity about your future? If you're a Christ follower, why is this helpful today? Have you thought about that? Why is it encouraging that Jesus goes and he prepares a place for you someday? When I die, I will be there. Because for some of us, our first response is, yeah, but what about right now? What about right now? What about the thing I'm going through today? What about the hard stuff that I'm facing right this season? We'll back up to verse 1. John 14, hopefully you, you wrote down those, those addresses. John 14, 1-3. through 3. Here's where Jesus started in 14.1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Why would he have to tell us that? Because our hearts are troubled. We don't need to be reminded or commanded unless that's our regular experience. So this morning in church, we can all agree on this. We are a troubled people. We are troubled about many things. And if you feel like you're the only one going through your thing, you are deceived. Because everything that we are going through is common. We are fellow strugglers along the way. And he says, don't be troubled. So what's the solution, God? What am I supposed to do? Just white knuckle it? Just dig my heels in? Just kind of bear it, head down? Just wait for what's coming in heaven? He says, believe in God. Don't let your heart be troubled. Instead, literally trust in the Father. Trust also in me, Jesus says. Because Jesus and the Father are they're one. Jesus is the God-man. 
And he's saying, don't just believe some of my words and my commands. Trust me wholeheartedly. When your heart is troubled, anybody feeling that? Man, this whole week I'm like, my heart is troubled about many things. I am troubled. I'm troubled about my thing. I'm troubled about my family. I'm troubled about everybody else's stuff. I'm troubled about everybody else's family. I'm troubled about the community, the state of our nation, our world. I'm troubled. I'm troubled. I'm troubled. And where is that trouble supposed to lead us? Away from the old way. Here's the new way. Trust in Him. I'm troubled. What should I do? Trust in Him. What does that look like? Every day, I wake up and say, God, I don't trust my emotions. I don't trust my quick fixes. I don't trust my thing. God, I'm trusting Your way. I'm trusting Your timing. Even if you have to do that, every hour on the hour. Oh, alarm! And, and, and! What, what's the alarm for? Oh, it's, it's trust in God time. Oh, perfect. Just a little reminder on the phone. I don't know if you have reminders. My alarm goes off frequently all throughout the day. Um, drugs and ADD. Guess what? iPhone. Fix, right? This is what you're... Breathe. Right, right. I almost forgot. And one alarm that, that I have set on one of my apps is trust in God, hope in God. It changes as I... Because I need a frequent reminder of you're not... You're trusting in you right now. You're going back to the old. If anything new is going to happen this year, it's going to happen this way. I am going to pivot from, there I go again, I'm trusting in me. I'm trusting in the old. I keep going that way. God, this is hard and it hurts, but I'm trusting in You. And I'm going to keep going because this trust is a long obedience in the same direction. It's not a start and stop. It's a begin and never quit. I don't know what you're walking in with this morning, but it is right to groan. Can we just give permission? Church, church, is it right to complain and murmur and gossip and slander? Nope, 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 nope. That's old, 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 old. Anybody want to keep living in the old? Okay, don't hang out lalos and fight from the temptation of sitting around and gossiping and slandering and moaning and groaning about things that you can't change and everybody else is the problem. We don't do that at church. Do you know what we do at church? We groan inwardly and then we fight our way to trust in God and we help each other go in the same direction. We don't wallow in self-pity. We don't moan about things that are outside of our control and we try to fix it ourselves. Something changes. Something becomes huh, something becomes new in you when you choose to turn away from I don't have the right to groan about anything. Yes, you do. Go to God with it. Go to God. Go to God. Before I go to anybody else, go to God. If you need a reminder, maybe that's your reminder for 2024. Don't go to him. Don't go to her. Go to God. Go to God. Go to God. Stop looking for fixes everywhere else. Stop venting to them. Vent to him. Groan upward, not outward. And then move forward in trust. Things change when you start changing the way that you think and the way that you speak. Because heaven is your home, so you have a right to groan. If you're taking notes, I am right to groan for my heavenly home. God, I am disappointed. I am hurt. My expectations are not being met. I'm struggling. This is not the way it's supposed to be. That is right for us to do and take it to God. And then be reminded of this. 
for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. God, I want it bad. And my heart for eternity is growing because I'm groaning vertically. I'm taking it to you, not to everybody else. And I'm right to groan for my holy wardrobe. God, I don't want just the the wardrobe of holiness to just squeak by and get into heaven. I want to continue to mature and grow and take on and be covered in your righteousness in greater ways and bolder ways. I don't know what it is for you where you plateaued. If you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you are going to hit a wall. You're going to hit it in neutral. You are going to hit cruise control. A situation is going to knock you off course. You're going to get distracted and you're going to get stuck. And May 2024 be a year where you're like, I need to get out of the mud and stop spinning my tires no matter what it takes. I need to get forward in this because I need to put on more than just, I'm just barely getting into heaven and I'm just kind of waiting and I'm not a good reader and I don't study and I don't know about the Bible. Well, guess what? 2024, you know what that year is? That is an awesome year for, and I picked up, not read through the Bible in a year, but just read through the New Testament in a year. We got 85 of them out in the lobby. You're welcome, free of charge. Even better, because things that are going to happen that are going to become new happen when you find out the new power of God in your life, not somebody else's life, yours. And when you discover God's promises, not for somebody else, for you. And when you discover that apart from being in His Word, listening to His voice, you are going to stay in the old and you're going to be complaining and murmuring in your rackety tent, coveting your neighbor's tent. Good luck with that. That is not a life any of us are called to. So this year, it could be over, right? I'm done. I'm done doing it. I'm not going to live this life anymore. All things are new, but I'm still groaning, but I'm doing it God's way. I'm going vertical. I'm taking it to Him. Are you doing that? Has that been your pattern? What if, so here's, here's a little discipleship tidbit. Are you ready? If you want to help another believer this year, if you want to help them grow and experience new, you could just start with this one thing. The moment they open their mouth and start complaining and murmuring, you just go, shut up in Jesus' name. Take it to God. It's time to stop talking to people and it's time to start groaning to God because He knows your struggle and they're not part of the problem or the solution. So you're making your old even older. You're making your dark even darker. You're making your bad worse. Do it God's way. I wonder if you could be a godly friend to somebody and say, we don't do that here. We groan to God. We vent to God. We set it on His shoulders. We cast our cares on Him. And then we come alongside and help each other trust Him more this year. That's what we do. That's what a godly friendship does. Godly friends don't feed each other fleshly counsel and advice. We say, stop. Let's go to Him. Let's get in this. Let's stop thinking our own opinions and thoughts. Let's start seeing what God said. And let's do that together. I wonder if this year could be a year where we're honest about our groaning, but we know what to do with it. And then all things become new when we do it His way. you got to do something new to experience something new. How about 2024?
great year to go. Not doing the old anymore. Done. Done. I fired that guy. I hired a new guy. A guy that's thinking about heaven. A guy that's living trust in God. A God that is worthy of me coming to boldly and confidently because he knows my current tent. Number three, if you're taking notes, my current tent will be replaced. God's prepared. Are you? What is it going to be replaced with? With a permanent paradise. No more temporary. It's going to be permanent. No more struggle. It's going to be paradise forever. We're not there yet. So how do we live as paradise citizens while we wait? I don't know how well you wait. Here's what I'm going to assume. Is this wrong of me to assume? You are a bad waiter. You are not a patient individual that loves to wait on God's timing and God's good gifts. Accurate? Accurate. All right. We, we, we welcome without judgment, but we speak the truth in love. All right. We are terrible at waiting. And God says the key to new is wait. Because God works for those who wait for Him. He's working in the waiting. And here we have verse 5. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who's preparing all this? He's doing it for us. We serve a God that serves us. He's not served by human hands as if He needed anything. But God chooses to serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. We serve a God that is passionate about serving us. He knows our needs before we know them. He meets us right where we are and He continues to point us to a place that He says is coming soon. But right now, set your expectations. What are your expectations? I'm going to groan. I have longings that will not be met. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, if you have longings inside of yourself that cannot be satisfied in this world, that is proof that you were made for another. When we get that in 2024, everything that's screaming inside of me, I have to have it. I can't be happy without it. I can't keep going like this any longer. I need, I need, I need. Just pause this year and say, the reason that those lungs are so strong is because I was created for another world where they will be satisfied. It's proof that there is another world. It's proof that there is a heaven. It's proof that you are a tent dweller temporarily waiting and longing for the permanent. How well are you doing in the waiting? How well are you doing at encouraging others to not live for the here and now, but live for what lasts forever. Now more than ever, 2024, we need to encourage each other. Do you believe it? Every single week, we walk in feeling like nobody understands. I am totally overwhelmed, exhausted, and beyond myself. I'm all alone. Never before have we needed to be believers that press into God with our groanings and rally together with people to remind each other of truths that we so easily forget. Do not forget. Do not forget. God is making all things new. 
But in the meantime, the groanings and the longings are real. And there is a way to reconcile those two. They're not enemies. They are friends. And they're saying one message. Trust in God. Go to Him. Go to others in need and remind them of truths that they may have forgotten. That this would be a year that people would know, I have longings too. I'm hurting and groaning inside. There are things that I will never be satisfied with. Let us not shop around horizontally. Let's go vertical together. Let's pray as a church that in 2024, that I could answer the question, will I truly seek the new that never gets old? Will I look in the right place? Will I look up before I look around? And I pray that your heart, that you would reflect on the groanings that are inside, the things that you're asking God to do this year, that 2024 would be different because you're going to do different. You're going to see things differently. You're going to think differently. But we need each other. Believe that? We can't do it alone. We weren't intended to do it alone.